0: There are many things that I rebelled against early on with Zen traditional practice. And the first was actually the posture. And it's funny to go back and examine my behavior there because my early attitude toward the instruction given uh, in getting into an upright seated position with a straight spine was that I just didn't really want to. I had this reticence and rebellious resistance to it, really. And I just wanted to talk about this in case other people are also having this same resistance to aspects of traditional meditation Whatever discipline you happen to be following, and I'm sure some sometimes it's going to be totally valid, like there will be aspects of traditional practice that can and probably should be left out of a modern practitioner's toolkit uh I don't have any examples that are great here, but I think even. The Buddha has like a number of lengthy talks about like the proper way to take care of goats. I don't know if that's even correct, so don't quote me on that. But you know what I mean. We're getting into a realm of practice where a lot of this stuff is converging in modern times, and it's good to pick and choose the pieces that work for each of us, especially because each of our uh, practice paths is going to be quite unique. And so it's, on the one hand, it's worth taking what works for us from whatever tradition works. But it's also worth really uh, being careful about throwing away things that might be unrecognized as extremely valuable from these traditions. And for me, one of those oversights was actually just upright posture and sitting and the way that I figured out uh, that it works is that I was in and, and by works I mean like that there's a reason for it there's a there's a strong logical reason for having an upright very well balanced seating posture when you're, when you're in meditation if you're, if you're in sitting meditation and that is because in the more advanced levels of seated meditation like you can actually uh, I suppose transcend awareness of the body and so if your body is nicely stacked and balanced the liability of your body toppling over and uh, yanking you out of that otherwise extremely valuable experience of the body kind of falling away like that, along with the thinking mind. And this is generally in the realms of samadhi, kensho, uh, quite potent awakening experiences here, right? So you, you kind of want to be setting the stage well for if those uh, through some alignment of the stars, if that happens for us, then it's like, well, let's have the body be in a position that it can kind of take care of itself. We don't have to be really distracted by it, right? So there's that that piece of it. And then there's also at the earlier stages, just the idea of like, we don't want to be falling asleep. So in early meditation, when the practice hasn't yet really solidified as uh, a solid habit, we might kind of lie to ourselves and be like, oh, I'll just meditate a bit before bed in bed. And really, we're just kind of falling asleep and not quite getting the same juice that we might get had we bitten the bullet in those times and maybe spent 10 minutes sitting at the end of the bed in an upright position uh, before going to sleep. Uh, So that's it for today. It's just really this pointer that if there are aspects of mindfulness meditation, seated meditation, walking meditation that are a little, maybe seemingly tedious, my tip is just go with it because uh, my experience has been these aspects that seem a little rigid or perhaps overly formal or unnecessary down the road they've revealed themselves to be so useful in an obvious way that uh, wasn't clear to me while I was starting.